you're listening to the Bible Nerd Podcast, a weekly show where we're exploring the world of the Bible, helping you fall more in love with Jesus, and building a thoughtful defense for the Christian worldview. I'm your host, Steve Schramm. Welcome to the show. All right, my friends, welcome into another episode of the Bible Nerd Podcast. I had a great conversation this time around with uh, Emily, and we talked about, um, it was mostly me talking this time, so I apologize, but um, I, I gave kind of an introduction based on kind of the um, the the conversations that we've had the past couple weeks to uh, Molinism, which is the view of God's sovereignty and uh, man's free will that I personally subscribe to and feel does the best justice to all of the data that is available, um, as well as is the most uh, satisfactory position, I think, to take from the standpoint of, of somebody wondering about these things. So um, uh, again, I have many uh, friends who will agree with me on this and who will disagree with me on this and who land on both sides of the equation. You know, some people lean more towards um, determinism and even even harder on the sovereignty of God. And some people le- lean away from the sovereignty of God and lean on, lean on this idea of man's free will. Me, I want to have a very, very high view of the sovereignty of God while still recognizing the free will of man. And so this is why I take the Molinist position that I do. So without further ado, we're going to dive right into the conversation with Emily, where I go ahead and start laying out sort of my my case for, for Molinism. We have a really, really interesting discussion. We get into uh, time travel and, uh, and, and prayer and salvation, just all kinds of uh, great things. And so I'm excited to, uh, to share this with you today. All right, cool. So our, our last, so the last few conversations we've had kind of like, um, we got into this idea of like, well, if God wants to, like, God has this want versus this need, right? So like God doesn't need anything, but he wants to do some things. And then we, we talked about last week, kind of the really uncomfortable idea that if God wanted to create people, but, but he knew they would go to hell, like, is that really like, that kind of sucks, God, like what's up with that? Um, and so, you know, it, it just being real, like that's, that's kind of like, well, if you knew that was going to happen, um, what justification is there, is there for that? And one of the things that I mentioned, um, last week was that, uh, as long as your one's free will is not violated, then I think, you know, God is, is in the clear, um, on this charge. Um, and again, I think there are some views of salvation and, and God's sovereignty that don't allow for this. And, and I was saying that my view does, and and we talked a little bit about prayer as well. Like why even pray if God knows everything that's going to happen. And, and in fact, God has like foreordained everything that's going to happen. Like why pray for our, you know, thoughts and our opinions. Now, uh, one biblical way to look at that is that God does, you know, they, Jesus instructs that we pray for God's will to be done, of course, but it's beyond that. We're also supposed to express our cares and our burdens on, you know, mm-hmm. to him and, and, and on him. And we're supposed to lay those things down. And so we are, you know, we're not commanded in scripture not to pray for things that we want. We, we you know, we, we do pray for things that we want um, or things that we feel like in our lives we need in tandem with praying for God's will. So how does all that work out? So um, my, I have a particular view of, of God's sovereignty and salvation that, uh, would take like three hours to like really like lay out, but, but I'm going to give you kind of the, the cliff notes, you know, version here. And just like there's a distinction between God, what God wants and what God needs. There's also a distinction between what God knows and what God causes. Those are two very important things. What God knows versus what God causes. Okay, the fact that God knows something is not evidence that that thing will necessarily 
happen. Okay. It means that it will happen. If God foreknows that something will happen, then it will happen, but it won't happen necessarily. It won't happen because God is causing it to. If, if you were to do something different, in the future, then God would have foreknown you doing something different. It's it's God's knowledge. What God knows is a result of what we will do. Okay. It's not like we will do it because he knows it. And I was actually thinking about our last conversation and when it comes down to this and um, I am obsessed with time travel. Okay. So you may have biblical ways to explain this. I, I, uh, uh, I have nerd ways to explain it. Um, so I love time travel yeah, and the space time continuum. Yes. So I'm sitting here and I'm, I'm having this discussion with my husband and I'm like, I think I figured it out the way that the way that my brain and, and correct me if I'm wrong. Okay. Yeah. Cause this is my way of trying to figure out how to wrap my mind around it is that there is this space time continuum that God created, right. With infinite possibilities. And he knows every single one. And there is one space time, space time continuum that will lead in the direction where every single person would have gotten saved and had gone to heaven. Right. Cause if everything were to have been done exactly whatever. Mm-hmm. Right. But there's an infinite amount. So he knows all of them. Mm-hmm. However, you, he could be what I've heard as he can be persuaded, right. With a certain prayer or whatever, or you can do something that's out of his will, which will lead you down a different path. Mm-hmm. Right. And so this space time continuum, you know, ultimately we're going to end up at the end where everything has played out exactly how it is. And, but because he knows every yeah. single possibility, that's why he can quote unquote be persuaded because mm. Okay. Yeah. Am I going in the right direction? You are with, with how my brain is accepting this information. Yes. You, you actually are. So I'm. So I am hesitant to use the term space time continuum because I'm not smart enough to know the real application of that versus like the you know Big Bang Theory, like you know the TV show uh, version of that. You know, <laughs> I'm 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 a little unsure where the where the where the reality is and the and the and the, and the fiction stops. Oh, um, it is such a reality. We are living. Uh, okay. Sorry, yeah. But that's, yeah. Yeah. So, so, so there are, okay, but, but to my own detriment, I probably know more about this than I should. So there are two, there are two primary theories of time. Okay. And so there's an A theory and there's a B theory. The A theory of time is based on linear moments. The B theory of time says that essentially space and time exist in this sort of 4D relationship. And this is what I most think of when it comes to the space-time continuum. I think this is what it is being talked about. Um, and, but on, 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 on the B theory of time, every moment exists at the same time. Like, like, like the Jesus crucifying on the cross is not a, on this view, is not a past event. It is a current event 2,000 years ago. Okay, so 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 there are a lot of people who, who think that um, that this is how basically God can see the beginning from the end. Like time, time and space are already fixed, and and God just has sort of purview over all of that. Now, I personally disagree with that view of time because I think that temporal becoming is a real thing. In other words, I think that as the seconds are counting down, if I were to look at a clock and I'm looking on my watch at the at the second hand ticking, on the B theory of time, that's not a real thing. That 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 future time already exists. I'm just 
I'm just happening upon it. It seems to me like the way that we think about time and talk about time is is temporal. It's called temporal becoming. It's it's linear. It's it's yes. This is actually happening right now. This is a new moment. New moment. New moment. As I'm watching my second hand. New moment. You know, and. I, I, and this might be a little, it's, it's related to what we're talking about, but it goes a little further. Um, so I, I think I personally believe in that, in that linear a theory of time. And I think part of the reason for this biblically we can see too, is because Jesus, um, God actually entered time when he created everything. Um, because if, if God knows, I hope I'm explaining this well, if, if God knows the, the, the the proposition, it is now 1056 a.m. EST. If he knows that proposition, then I think the A theory of time has to be has to be true. Now we're getting really in, into the weeds. However, let me let me let me circle back though, because you're on the right track. Um what what you are thinking of, I think, can be explained in the same in this with the same kind of thought process but in the way that I actually think God's sovereignty and free will work together in this idea of, of Molinism. So let me explain this, and then we'll kind of see if that, that comes back around, and then we'll probably be wrapping up for today, believe it or not. So there are three moments, theologians would, would say, of God's knowledge. God has natural knowledge, and he has free knowledge. And then some debate, but most would say that he also has middle knowledge. So God's natural knowledge is anything that could happen. If it's possible, it exists within God's natural knowledge. His free knowledge is anything that will happen, okay? Um, God knows anything and everything that will happen in the future. He knows this, and that's part of his free knowledge. But there is a a, you mentioned the word possibility, right? So there is a there is a middle knowledge there. God knows what would happen under different circumstances. Um, these are possibilities. God, God knows things that would possibly be true under one set of circumstances that would not be true under another set of circumstances. So thought experiment, God knows what Emily Sigmund would have done if she was the prefect of Rome uh, instead of Pontius Pilate, she knows what would have what Emily Sigmund would have said. Would she allow Jesus to be crucified? Right. He also knows would Steve Schramm allow Jesus to be crucified? He knows the answer to that question, which is just really freaky um, and insane. Uh, and it's maybe an extreme example just to help you understand. But like, like God knows, and like God knows if like what anybody would do in any certain situation. He knows that if my wife were to say, "Hey, Steve, do you want me to go out and grab you a latte?" That I would say yes. But he also knows that that's pretty unlikely to happen. So it's probably not going to happen. Uh, you know, and, and so you know what I'm saying. So like, um, God does know these possibilities. The, the kicker here is, whereas what you were describing sounds like something that God is reacting to in real time, oh, we'll choose this possibility instead. Um, what, what Molinism, what this position that I'm kind of advancing here would say, is that God actually had all of this knowledge and factored this knowledge in before he even created Okay, so this is what this is the concept of of logical priority. You can't really use before because that would be chronological priority. There wasn't anything anything physical before the universe. That's not a thing. So you could say the word sans, which is like a you know Latin word or whatever that means without. So like sans creation, um, but logically, in God's mind, He knew prior 
to anybody making any decision what they would do in any circumstance. So in other words, God, God knew before he created the world that you would pray every day for the salvation of your daughter when she was born or, or, or whatever. And, and, and so he can factor in those prayers based on those, what he knows about the future and what he knows would happen in different circumstances about the future. So these are, the, the statements are called subjunctive conditionals, if then. If this were to happen, then this would happen. If this were to happen, then this would happen, that, that, that sort of thing. So, but why are, why are you using the word if, though? Mm-hmm. If because it, it already mm-hmm. be, Because it may not necessarily happen. It's, 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 a, it's a conditional statement in the subjunctive mood to, to give an English lesson. So it's, it's if, if somebody, if, 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 again, if Steve Schramm were the prefect of Rome instead of Pontius Pilate, then he would have crucified Jesus. That's a statement that Jesus know, that that God knows, right? God knows whether or not that particular if then statement is true. So if don't think of if as like a I mean again, if it's just just a matter of possibilities. It may end up happening. And if so, then that's a part of God's free knowledge, right? If if something if something will happen, right? If something does happen, something will happen, then God knows that, right? But he also knows what would happen under different circumstances. That that's that that's also so it's like it's like the next time you leave your house. It's like just to make it real practical. Like I don't know where you plan on going the next time you leave your house, but God's knowledge is so thorough, so complete, and so just incredible that God knows what would have happened if you had made even the slightest of a different decision. You know, God knows if if you would have went, what would have happened if you, let's say, let's say you're going to pick up your daughter from somewhere when you leave your house next. God knows what would have happened if you went to the bank instead. God knows what would have happened if you went a different direction than the way you took. You see what I'm saying? So so God God has all these possibilities of worlds. These are called possible worlds in philosophical terms, which is, I think, what you're getting at when you say this idea of of different space-time continuums and possibilities. You're literally, you're thinking, I think, the same way. Maybe the only difference, and you could tell me if I'm wrong, um, and you, I don't know, in your thinking, if, if each of these space-time continuums are, in some sense, real or if they're just possibilities. But what I'm suggesting is that they are possibilities. There's only one actual world, right? God only actualized the world that we're in, but God had millions of possible worlds or how, I mean, millions. That's, I can't even say it that way. It could be gazillions. It could be whatever. There are an unlimited number of possible worlds for God to choose from. And so the the question is like, which world did God choose? Well, God, I, I think it's a reasonable assumption. I think God wants as many people as possible to come to him. So, I mean, that sounds like a reasonable assumption of a God who loves and creates a people to spend eternity with him. I think, I think it's a, it's possible at least that God wants the most amount of people to come to him. So I think that it would be a safe assumption. Again, you can't really prove this biblically, but I think it would be a safe assumption to say that the world that we are living in is the world where the optimum number of people would, would come to know Christ, um, even though some will eventually go to hell. The the key factor in this is that that free will is considered because God knows logically prior to creating the world what anybody would do. He knows what they would do in those situations, and therefore nobody's being forced into a situation that that they wouldn't choose freely to, um, 
you know, to, to do that thing. God is not putting you in a situation of saying you have to do this. God is putting you in a situation where you would make a particular decision, but you would have made that decision based on your own personality, based on your own thoughts, based on your own, you know, life and history and past. So these are decisions that you are free to make, even though God knows them. So that's kind of the sort of the overview of, 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 of things here. I, I guess uh, let me just give you some real quick practical things and then you can come back here. Um, why care about this? You know, I mean, there are a hundred reasons, I guess, but like like three practical things would be, again, free will being maintained. On on this view, free will is legitimately, legitimately maintained. Now, there are people who question whether or not this view is true and they have their objections and, and there are answers to those objections. But if this view is true, um, then free will is legitimately maintained and nobody is forced to do something that they didn't want to do or wouldn't want to do. Um, also on this view, prayer is meaningful. It actually means like when you pray, it, it really means something. It's not just this, you know, thing that we do because even the Bible tells us that we should do it. And, you know, sure we should do it because the Bible tells us to, but I would like to know that my prayers actually mean something and actually contribute towards something. And on this view, prayer really does it. it God can factor my prayers into his decision to create and bring about things. Um, and, and so, you know, I, I prayed five years ago when I started or six years ago now, whenever I, I started my business, I prayed that by the time I wanted, you know, my kids in homeschool, by the time they started homeschool, I wanted to be doing business on my own without, you know, and, and, and without having to, to go punch a clock somewhere. And I, I prayed that a lot and I started a business in faith that that would happen. And God happened to answer that prayer with a yes. And like, you know, the week before my kids started homeschool, I left my job and, and made that, you know what I mean? I made that decision and it, it happened. Um, so I think that's a prayer that God knew before the foundation of the world. And, you know, in my little world anyway, arranged it such that that would happen. I think he heard my prayer and answered it. Um, and then the final one is salvation. Um, on this view, salvation is neither forced, um, nor is it uh, caused by historical or geographical accident. You know, you're not unsaved just because of the accident that you were born in Papua New Guinea or, or, or in some random jungle somewhere. Um, on this view, you can say that, that God knew who would respond to the gospel and who wouldn't. And I think you can even make a case that God arranged the world such that those who wouldn't respond to the gospel are those who, if they never hear it, then they would, they would never hear it. They never hear it. And they wouldn't have responded anyway. Um, the ones who do hear it are the ones who will respond. And so we have missionaries and we have, you know, all these initiatives and everything. So we try to get the gospel to as much of the world as possible. But I think that God has arranged the world such that if, if, if he needed somebody to hear, then they, they get to hear. Um, so, so those are some of the practical benefits to this, to to this to this view. So, questions, thoughts? Yeah, I'm struggling. Um, the reason being is because I feel like it's very contradicting. Okay. That the three points that you made based on this thought of what God knows versus what He causes—that yeah. free will maintained and prayer is meaningful and all that stuff—but I'm struggling with that because I I, I feel like it actually. It, 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 it's the opposite, you know, um, if he knew your prayer about, you know, potentially quitting your job and all that stuff mm -hmm. before creation even began, mm -hmm. my brain, <laughs> that's actually free will not existing because it was already. Ah, well, what, but think about what he knew, what he knew was your free decision in the circumstances. 
So he knew your free decision before creating the world. That's the, that's the idea. So the alternative to this is some form of, of theological determinism where, where, you know, where, where God essentially makes you do whatever that he wants you to do instead of just this lighter allowing. Now there's, there's, let me, okay, let me help resolve some of this tension there because God chose to create at all. There is a measure of determination that happens in creation, right? I mean, God foreknows, God predestines. I mean, these are concepts in the Bible. We can't escape God knowing ahead of time what is going to happen. The only question is, is in the way that, that God does it, does he allow dis- your decisions to be free versus not. Now, some people take comfort, especially Calvinists, like hardcore sovereignty Calvinists, would take comfort in the fact that your free will is not maintained in this scenario. Um, they, they like this idea that God has determined and ordered every single thing irrespective of one's free will. And personally, that just sounds weird to me. It just sounds weird that God would ask you to pray for something if he knew that it was already going to happen. It sounds weird to me that God would tell you to evangelize and whosoever will may come, but only if they're elect before the foundation of the world, you know, with, without any consideration to their, you know, free decision. Do you see the difference there? Like, so, so you, you, because God created, there is a measure of determinism. Sure. God placed you in a world that he created, but at least in doing so, he honored your free decision. Um, it's your, God is not going to force you to love him. God is not going to force you to care for the poor. God is not going to force you to do these things. You are allowed to become the person that you would become in these circumstances. And yet God has ordered the world in such a way to be able to accomplish his good purposes. Um, this view does have a very strong view of the sovereignty of God. Um, the, the only other alternative, right? There are two alternatives to this, really. Determinism or what's called open theism. And open theism says that God really doesn't know the future, right? Open theism says that, that, that God really can change his mind in the course, you know, going throughout history. He can genuinely change his mind. God d- doesn't foreknow things in the way that at least that we think of foreknowledge. And so I'm, I'm, that's a very liberal kind of view. I'm pretty darn skeptical of, I have friends who are one just yesterday posted on Facebook that he was, you know, really thinking about adopting this view. Um, and I don't know, I'm just, I'm, I'm not comfortable with it. I mean, I don't, I, I don't think you can square that with the Bible. Well, that God, that God doesn't know what would happen in the future. Um, but again, they, they do this to escape the charge of determinism. Um, you know, to, you know, to, to, it's the ultimate, you know, free will scenario. Um, in fact, sometimes it's called free will, uh, free will theology, not free will theology, free will, something free will, but it, it, it's this idea that, that God, yeah, God doesn't really know the future. And so I'm, I'm, so it's kind of like, does, it's three things, right? Does God determine everything? Does God make a determination, but consider your free will in that factor? Or does God really not determine everything at all? And everything is a matter of, of just historical considerations and choice and time going on. Those are kind of the three options. And, um, frankly, the first two scare me, you know, the first two really scare me. So this is where, where we kind of have to square. Now, here's what's interesting too. Some may say, oh, well, I just don't think the God thing is, is, is cool. So I'm going to go with atheism instead. Here's the thing though. Atheism, 
requires the first one to be true, except it's not theological determinism. It's called biological determinism. Everything will only happen as, as a course of evolution and biology, unguided random processes. You are, I mean, literally, this is what the, the promoters of this stuff say, is you're determined by your biology. You are, you are, Richard Dawkins put it this way, you are dancing to your DNA. You're dancing to your DNA. You are a product of whatever your DNA decides to do in your in your evolution. So if you're an atheist, you have determinism to square with. If you're a Christian, you have either determinism or some form of free will being factored into that. Um, you know, here's the thing. It's kind of like bottom line. We're here. Here we are. <laughs> we're here whether we like it or not. So we're trying to figure out what 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 does that look like? What 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 does it look like for a good God to have created us and put us here? Can God be sovereign over our circumstances and yet we still make meaningful choices and still have meaningful prayers and things? So that's what Molinism can can get you um, once it's understood well. Um, right. Yeah. Right. And the so, way that I'm taking everything that you're saying and 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 applying it is that it's almost like the world has happened, that, that we are, we are far into the future and we're looking back right at mm -hmm. everything. And I was able to make these decisions. I was able to change my mind. I was able to pray or not pray based on my own free will. And it's already happened. And the person looking back gets to see, you know, like hindsight's 2020, right? Yeah, sure. So that's the idea that we have that God knows it's almost like that it's already happened and he knows he didn't cause you to make those decisions, say those prayer. It's just that the, the final point of life is that he, he knows what's going to happen, not because he's causing it to happen, but because he's aware of it. Yeah, that's and exactly so right. I, 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 about halfway through your conversation, I was sitting here with all these like, you know, arguments for you. And I'm like, but, 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 but. But then really that came down to it again. It's all about time travel for me. Um, yeah. It's that looking back, knowing, not that he knows the future. It's really that he knows the past. It's just that he's. Yeah. 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 And this is just what it means to serve a, you know, to, to, to be really like, you know, Southern, you know, whatever about it, a big God, you know, we serve a big mighty God, you know, that, that, that is part of that is, is what, is the content of God's knowledge. Like God is omniscient. He is all knowing. He knows everything. And that there are questions to the mechanics of that. How does he know everything? Does he know everything because there's this space time continuum blob and he exists at all points on it? Or does he know everything just because he's God and in his mind, all the calculations have already happened. I mean, he knew you know, the, the, just all the little things that have to happen for like Winston Churchill to be born to like, you know, the, to, 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 to like save the West, the, like just all these little things like, and, and who his parents needed to be and whatever, and, and who your parents needed to be for you to be the person that you are and the things that you're doing in the world. Like you just think about the impact. My, the only difference is that God just had all of this, these equations going on in his mind before choosing to create and then decided to create the world he did. And that's why I said last time, and I'm, um, we're going to have to wrap up, but that's why I said last time, uh, it's kind of like God. Um, and it's, it's like we co-created in a sense with God because God was able to see our free decisions and create a world that factored those in. So what I would tell you is think about that. I'm sure you will, as you think about it, especially with your time travel thing, I would encourage you to like, think about that over the course of the next week. And maybe there will be some specific like questions or objections that arise, um, 
from that. I guess I will say here, like, okay, certainly not everybody agrees. Like, like there are disagreements, but again, they fall into those camps of it's either, it's either more determined or it's more open. God either made, you know what I'm saying? He either determined everything to happen the way it is, or he's not determining anything to happen the way it is. And it's just all kind of happening. And God is reacting as, as we make our decisions. Um, so I think what, what Molinism and, and middle knowledge is what it's called. Um, I think it accomplishes a, a, a nice middle ground. So, all right, everyone, I sure hope you enjoyed that discussion between me and Emily in our conversation series on the idea of Molinism. And um, she is a, again, a great thinker. So I'm sure next week she's going to come back with some fantastic questions to go through and thoughts and maybe even some objections. And, and this is just really great because it helps me think clearly. It helps me articulate well. It helps uh, Emily and her thinking, and it helps you guys hopefully understand how some of these conversations can be had and some of these issues can be worked through and dealt with. All right, God bless you. Thank you so much for listening to the Bible Nerd Podcast, and we will see you next week.